Varnum Law business law experts that are in your corner. Visit VarnumLaw.com. Mary Kramer, that's who is brought to you. And Mary Kramer is joining us on the line now. Mary, how are you? Uh, pretty good, Kevin. How are you? Good. Happy Monday. <laughs> Thanks. The start to another great week. Oh my gosh! Let's hope so. There's so much going, so much going <laughs> I on out there. Coffee. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> so uh, what's what's going on with uh, with with Cranes Communications? You guys have a lot a lot of news going. I understand uh, one of the stories you guys have been uh, looking into is this uh, incredible investment in education by Bob and Ellen Thompson. Yeah, you know they are amazing philanthropists, and and the, the story goes back to when. Uh, he owned a, a paving company and he sold it. And uh, one of the things that he did was he, he, he gave some of the profit from the sale to his employees and made millionaires, literally millionaires, out of some of his longtime employees. And then he offered, he and Ellen offered the Detroit Public Schools $200 million to build new high schools. And this was years ago. And, but there were strings. They had to have 90% attendance, 90% of the kids would go to college. And that, that the school district didn't want to, um, uh, at that time, didn't want to um, agree to those terms. So they went off on their own and invested in charter schools. The story that we have this week is, in addition to the $120 million they've already put into pub, uh, public charter schools, building new schools, rehabilitating, rehabilitating buildings they're setting aside 200 million dollars for working family working class family scholarships and these are at certain schools right now grand valley saginaw valley uh ferris but ten thousand dollars a year for four years for students to attend college if they have one working parent and the family makes less than sixty five thousand dollars it's a really amazing story you know, and for those of us who were around, uh, the, you know, the first time uh, that uh, the Thompson came up with this $200 million, you remember they, they were almost villainized as if, uh, oh, you know, you're going to come in and help us. We know what we're doing. For them to stick by their guns and say education is very important to us. We're not going to be worried about what people are saying. We're going to continue uh, this effort to, to get people educated. It, it's, it's fascinating and fabulous that uh, they, they've stuck by their guns. Uh, you're right, and you know it, it, a lot of it comes from um, Ellen. Bob t- is is the more public. They're not very public people at no. all. But but Bob spoke at Detroit Homecoming um, a week and a half ago, and but it, the 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 impetus for the scholarship came from Ellen, who's a former teacher. And these these people are in their late eighties, and they are remarkable in their impact in this in this community, and they deserve a lot of credit. I hope someone's going to do a documentary on them because I think when we look back, uh, they're going to be uh, one of the unique uh, families uh, in education in the state of Michigan. I don't doubt that. <laughs> so another show you've been looking at is uh, the pension obligations uh, from uh, you know the bankruptcy and uh, now uh, where the the carpenter millwrights are going. Well, this is interesting because we remember Detroit's bankruptcy was in part because they were paying more for retiree benefits than, than they were for current um, employees. And they couldn't afford to invest in uh, day-to-day, everyday services in the city. Now here's Chad Livengood's story on the Regional Council of Carpenters and Millwrights. They filed a, 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 a paperwork with the U.S. Treasury to reduce retirement benefits by up to 16% but for certain employees who, who accrued them before 2007. So there's a lot of technicalities here. But the bottom line is 
They have made promises, just as public employers and some companies have, that they can no longer pay because there's more retirees than there are active workers paying into this fund. So companies and workers contribute towards their own pensions, and there's more retirees than there are active people putting in. They're behind. They're 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 funded at uh, less than thirty five percent of their obligations. So this is sort of a bellwether. I think. I think we're going to see more of these kinds of announcements that pension funds may not have the the money they they need to fulfill their obligations. Yeah, but it's it's just heartbreaking because you 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 put in all those years working and you make your plan and you're on a fixed income and then all of a sudden they say, hey, that fixed income isn't going to be what we told you. It's going to be it's going to be less and sometimes substantially less, and it really uh, has a major impact on these retirees. It does, but you know, it's also and I don't know if this is true in this case, but let's look at Chicago, which is also facing a lot of. Um, pension problems for municipal workers and retirees. They have a 3% COLA, cost of living um, adjustment, every year. That's that's part of the deal, and that's one of the things that is unsustainable. So you have to look at the terms of some of these things. Now, um, what, what people are earning now, uh, the typical uh, pension is 35, for the carpenters and millwrights, 35000 to $40,000 a year, in lifetime annual pension benefits, that's that's pretty good. If they get if they get Social Security too, um, that may be uh, that that may be an additional income. It's 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 unfortunate, but if they don't have the money, what are they going to do? If, if, if the only other alternative is if they turn the pension fund over to the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corp, which is the federal thing. The maximum annual payout would be less than $13,000 for failed multi-employer pension plans. So the alternative is not that great. Yeah, no, you, you can't put them under. It's just I think people have to kind of think about it. Their, their later years, uh, that they may not have all the money they, they were, were dreaming about uh, in, in their golden years. Yeah, they, ha- they can't rely on the plans. They have to save and invest on their own, too. I think that's the moral of the story. So you have a couple of things on private rooms and semi-private rooms. This is a big deal at hospitals everywhere. I don't care where you go. Uh, people <laughs> want their own room. You get in, and it's like, oh, my gosh, who's who who, who are you sharing a room with? The University what of- drama is next to me? <laughs> right, right. And, and so the University of Michigan is, is looking at addressing that. Well, they're, they're going to build a whole new hospital. It's going to cost um, about uh, just shy of a billion dollars, $920 million. It's a new hospital. They are not going to be adding that many new rooms, but what they will be adding, what they will be doing is every room at University of Michigan Hospital, when this thing is uh, done in 2024, all the rooms will be private, and they will have more ICU rooms, intensive care uh, rooms, and they will have larger operating rooms. So that's the gist of their big plan to replace, to, to build this new hospital. But um, the head of the hospital said uh, the key is private rooms. It's not only is that what patients want, there is, the infection rates are, are higher when there's more people, more patients in those semi-private rooms. So that's where U of M is going. And um, I'm with you. If you've ever had to visit, you've been in the hospital, if you had to visit people, in in uh in hospitals it's it's always a it's always a trip when you don't you know it's not really a private room and there's who knows what's going on next door 
In the little time we have left, tell us about uh, fixing the damn roads uh, through term limits <laughs> instead of uh, uh, more uh, gas tax. Well, you know, it's 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 Chad Lyman Good's essay, and his take, having covered the, the uh, legislature in Lansing for a time, I think he is in the camp of there's not enough time for lawmakers to, to really become subject experts. So that's one of the things that, that it may be paralyzing Lansing, that People are, are they're, they're worried about their next election. They're worried about raising enough money to run again. And they're not becoming uh, subject experts. They don't have enough time to be. And so that might be one of the reasons that we have policy paralysis in Lansing. So that's Chad's point, and that's what his essay is this week in Crane. All right. Thank you so much, Mary Kramer, publisher of Crane's Communications, for joining us this morning. Thank you, Kevin.